Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show with your chance to be heard. Give your opinion. Bash on the liberals. Even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 949, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Good morning to you. I am Andy Griffin. Thank you for tuning in today to the program. I'm feeling energized. My vacation didn't quite do it, but a little swimming pool and and going to bed extra early last night got it done for me. Thanks for tuning in. It is the first Wednesday of the month. That means that Dr. David Blodgett will join me here on the air. Dr. Blodgett, thanks for coming in. Hey, it's great to be here. Guys, wearing a a, a suit jacket in 97 degree weather. (laughs) You're dedicated. You're a dedicated it's, it's, man. It's part of the dress for success, I guess. By the way, your hometown up there, Cedar City, is supposed to get a hundred today. Yeah. So yeah, it's warm everywhere. But yeah, there, there's no no rest for the wicked or weary or any of those things. <laughs> so uh, you and I were talking to, just a few minutes ago uh, offline. The fact that uh, you've had this spotlight on you for the last year and a half because of the pandemic and 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 you know the the way the world has reacted to COVID nineteen, and you were saying. Just assume not have the spotlight. Yeah, you know, for a guy that uh, the mantra of, of our job is, if nothing ha- bad happens, then you've succeeded. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little different uh, to to be have that kind of. Uh, well, you know, people know what I do now, right? Yeah, they didn't, used to know that. So. Like like a long snapper in football, he can have one hundred perfect long snaps of the punter or place kicker uh, holder uh, in a row. But if he makes one bad one, everybody's like, "Hey, right. look at that!" It's exactly right. And it always <laughs> happens in the final kick of the game, too. Yeah, right? so. yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> Pressure. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the Delta variant. That seems to be the hot hot words right now. Everybody's talking about the Delta variant and how contagious it is and. And, and whether or not the vaccine works against it. So let's let's break it down a little bit. We also want to talk today on the show about the heat. And uh, hopefully we'll, we can get Dr. Blodgett to give us some tips on, on the heat and uh, how to deal with it. And the, the fact of the matter is it's going to be 111 today and hundred and they're saying 114 by wow. Saturday. So we've got to... You know, care for ourselves, not not just ourselves, but those that we love too, especially sure. those that are Abs- more vulnerable. So absolutely. Let's start with Delta. Tell us about what Delta variant is, what it means. Is it here? Well, yeah. So, um, they started this crazy naming convention now, where uh, <laughs> you can't you can't say where it's from because that you know I don't know makes people right, feel right. bad. So or we something. can't call so, it the India variant. Yeah, it can't be can't be the British variant and in the India where they were first identified, which is the way we've done it in infectious diseases since the beginning of time. Right. Um, just as a way to identify it, and, and, and it actually sticks in people's minds better, right? So I was going to um, say it. it it doesn't seem like that would be bigoted or racist or anything to call it where it came yeah, from, right? Yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, it, it's just it's just the way the world is now, I guess. So you have to, so yeah. The, so the Delta variant um, is the newest of the variants uh, to hit. Started out with the 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 set the the one that was dominant for a long time was the, the Alpha variant, which. Alpha. Uh, Wait, what happened to beta? And, and <laughs> they're in there, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, but it just wasn't as widely circulated here in Utah for us. Um, so uh, you know, it might be helpful to know that any positive, uh, if somebody tests positive, it, it all automatically reflexes. It's called to um, uh, to be sequenced uh, for a variant. So we have a really good idea of 
of kind of the variant load and um, you know which variants are here and things like that. So what we've seen is a transition from that uh, first variant that we saw, the British variant, if you want to, you know, from the old nomenclature, uh, <laughs> uh, into this new Delta variant. But that, but so all of that is only really meaningful if if it has a, a, a big impact on um, whether or not what we've been doing works. And and the truth is, it doesn't. It doesn't. Know? And so we've, uh, it's it's pretty clear that what you're looking for in the vaccine, we've talked about this all the way long, is to make sure that it it uh, helps people not kick over into that really aggressive overimmune response, mm-hmm. right, which is what puts them in the hospital and what kills them and all those kind right. of things. And so their, their own bodies. So um, what has remained universally true through this whole thing is if you're vaccinated, you don't end up in the hospital and you don't die, right? I mean, the, the numbers of vaccinated people that have ended up in the hospital are tiny you know very you know less than one percent of the overall total so it is you know we've always we've talked about nothing's perfect but this vaccine is really really good yeah. <laughs> for for doing what it needs to do and and part of it is that the virus itself isn't really all that aggressive or a problem for people it's that immune over response and so just giving your body enough of a heads up to say, you know, you don't need to kick over into hyper excited mode about this. It's something that you can handle and blah, blah, blah. Um, it has, has gone a long way. And so who are we seeing in the hospital now? Who is it that's been dying over the last, you know, even since April? It's, it's virtually 100% um, people that are not vaccinated. And so um, that continues to be the case. So, so we're uh, really pleased with how well the vaccine is working. Um, we're getting into that. I, I think here in our area, we're going to, we've topped out about 60, 63% uh, so vaccination the rate. Average at, at this point. Yeah, um, 70%. And we're going to probably hit 70% uh, here pretty quickly, pretty close uh, in the state of Utah with at least one shot. So if not fully vaccinated. So, you know, it's been a Herculean effort to get the vaccines out, and uh, I really am I'm grateful for all those that have been, you know, participated with us and have done that. Um, and we'll continue to track. So it, it's interesting. We have seen a little bit of an increase in numbers recently. If you've been tracking, most people aren't because they don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> burn out, burn out a little bit. But, uh, but we're, uh, we're the lows that were there about, Four weeks ago, five weeks ago, we've kind of we're kind of double that range, right? So we're about uh, you know, we were off by about ninety percent from where we were at peaks in January, but we've we've you know it's still out there, and we're still yeah. seeing you know. In fact, this last weekend we had three deaths um, still, and so here in our region, it, it's down significantly from where it was, but it's not gone, and right. it, it's still that same group. You know, uh, those that are in that older age range, those that are uh, have the underlying medical conditions and uh, that are not vaccinated. So that that's, I, I think it's helpful to reiterate the message that uh, there is an effective prevention here. We, we're, we, we still have our clinics open every day available. We're giving about 100 shots, 150 shots a day. Uh, when we'd certainly encourage people to, to come on in, get vaccinated. When, when we, 
It's been two and a half years ago. I remember the very first show that I did with you, and someone called. They were uh, this was way before the pandemic. They were anti-vaxxers. They they called and they said, "You guys are you know killing people. We've decided not to take the vaccines because there's too many hidden things and too many you know there's birth defects. All all these arguments that you hear from the anti-vaxxers." And uh, your response was, well, we have all these diseases that were killing people worldwide that aren't doing that anymore. Right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know what, and, and I was going to say, well, let's do something a little different here, Dr. Blodgett. Let's have you try to talk people who are anti-vaxxers, at least for the, this particular one, into getting the vaccine. But uh, the way I think about it is, is they've dug their heels in. Yeah. Uh, I get it, and I know you probably get it as much or more than me, but I get it all the time uh, through email, through text, through social media. How can you betray us by taking the vaccine on the air? How, how, why do you, you know, the government told us we have to do it, so you shouldn't do it. And, and my response is, is always the same. Well, the vaccine works, doesn't it? Does it yeah. matter who told you to take it? <laughs> Does it or does it not work? And and I know there's a lot of people out there that you know they're they're angry and stubborn and mad and and whatever. But uh, my answer, I think, probably is the same one you'll give. Does it or does it not work against this virus? And the people that are dying right now are people who don't have the vaccine, who didn't who didn't take the vaccine. So. Yeah. Yeah. I. So. I mean, the, the simple truth is that nothing has been as effective uh, in preventing disease in the history of mankind as vaccinations, right? And on a cost-benefit ratio, there's nothing that provides as big a bang for the buck as, as this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, it, it's interesting to to look at the history of how some of this has happened. And when some of the first vaccines came out, there was some hesitance to do that and sure. until a polio vaccine came out, right? And then, man, people were lined up around the block because polio was hitting and iron lungs and all of that no president had it you know people couldn't get the polio vaccine fast enough they Mm. just absolutely couldn't and so it all comes it comes down to a risk benefit analysis and and you know i i I would never advocate an absolute mandatory vaccine right policy i i don't i don't think that's the way it needs to be right i think people need to make decisions for themselves i just think you need to understand what the true risk is here right and so if you're in those high risk categories, if you're over 65 and you're, you know, got a few extra pounds on and you, you know, you got heart disease or something like that, I mean, you're, you're at high risk from this, right? Yeah. And, and it gets into the kind of, you know, maybe if you're 65, maybe it's 5%, but if you're up, if you're over 85, it's, it's 15 or 16%. I mean, that's a, that's a, there's few things that carry a 15% fatality rate. Yeah, they just are. Like one in six or one in seven <laughs> right. chance of dying. Yeah. And, and so it's not the same if you're younger than that, but, but that's part of that whole idea on why we vaccinate. And that is, well, you don't want to spread it to somebody else, right? I mean, you've got grandparents and, you know, everybody else. And so, sure. so that there's always that dual nature of vaccination that I think people ignore is, well, I don't care if I get the disease. Well, that's true. But you, you probably do care if you give it to somebody else that, the vaccine wouldn't work on because they're too old or they, you know, it's just part of what we do as a, as a society. So it's, it, but it's that risk perception problem that we have. And we've talked about the fact that people are just terrible at, at, at analyzing risk in their own lives. Right. And so, right. so, so we've got this one in a million risk that uh, vaccinations carry that 
you know, as a scientist, we we always put out this, you know, in-depth profile. We have systems to monitor, you know, because vaccines have always been kind of in this kind of realm of uh, what are they really doing to make sure we we know exactly what's going on with vaccines. Uh, and because that's um, available, um, people key on that. So they say, well, well, there is a risk there, but but one in a million. And I, I I had this presentation that I did not too long ago where I I listed things that you were more likely to die of than Ebola, right? So mm-hmm. so you're you're actually the risk of falling down your stairs and dying from just walking up and down your stairs is is like one in seventeen thousand, right? So oh, okay. so you're actually like although let me interrupt. It's zero in my house. We don't have any stairs. <laughs> we'll see. There so. you go. See, so maybe that's a that's a risk prevention. Pro- I don't know, but but so you're actually in that scenario. What 150 times more likely to die from walking up and down your stairs, right. or, or 1500 times more likely to walk. You know, I haven't crunched the math, but it's it's significantly more likely to die from walking up and down your stairs than you would be from getting a vaccine, right? But right. but people don't don't compute that risk very well and um you know you see it in the movies sometimes i remember this show called uh, along came polly with uh oh yeah, Jennifer yeah. Aston in it and you know ben stiller's this guy that yeah, he can't walk show. down the street yeah. because he knows every risk for everything you know uh-huh. and, and that's just not the way we process risk uh but you know we've so focused on this minuscule risk associated with vaccination that we've we've lost the forest for the trees and the and the and the real message is, man, this 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 intervention uh, is this simple intervention, inexpensive, has has done more to to lengthen life and prevent disease and and contribute to quality of life than than anything else that we've ever, ever been able to come up with in the history of mankind. So now, unfortunately, our president said something yesterday that has a lot of people upset. He said. Uh, because of the risks in his mind that uh, we ought to perhaps think about going door to door to get people vaccinated. Now, you, you did make a great statement. I, I, would ne- I would never advocate making people do it, but uh, President is borderlining that when he's talking yeah. about going door to door. Yeah, see, then, you, then you've – and we did that in a lot of things with COVID, right? Instead of, yeah. instead of saying, look, here's, here's, here's what the you risk. can do. Yeah. Then we're going to make it a government mandate. So then everybody's focus is on well, how do I get out of the government mandate, as opposed to well, what mm. would make sense for me in my life, which I I think is always the better course. And we we obviously pole vaulted over that, and that, that didn't have anything to do with that. That was in any of my decision making process. But but I, it, it's always better when you, when you learn <laughs> what what you want to do and you do it right because then it makes sense to you and it's part of your plan and and all of those kind of things. And so. Yeah, I don't know. Why Why would somebody say something like that in a political context? I just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah for doesn't sure. make any sense. Um, and, and, you know, and, and we overreact to things. But I love what you're talking about. I've always loved statistics. To, to me, it's, it's fascinating. When you start talking about statistics of, uh, you know, first of all, how could you be hurt by the vaccine? Well, yeah, there's always a chance, right? Could you be hurt by not taking the vaccine? Well, actually, the chance is a lot higher yeah. if you don't take the vaccine. Those are two, to me, it really comes down to that. If you take the vaccine, uh, especially if you're a high risk, but even if you're a, a, an average person, the, the risk is still a lot lower that the vaccine could hurt you than it is that the disease could hurt you. Yeah, yeah. And that's and the bottom line. So we talk about a risk-benefit 
ratio and things mm-hmm. like that. And but it's it is it is the studies show that when people try and start to piece all of this together, this risk perception stuff, they just they just have a very hard time, you know. And so so you say like, well, you know, a thousand people is how many people you can fit, you know, lined up shoulder to shoulder in a city block, you know, on a on a street. Okay. You know, but that doesn't help people no. visualize very much either you know i mean there's two hundred thousand people in our five cannery area that we serve here and so um you know you start you so you know when you come up with a story of of one person in that two hundred thousand, the chance that that's you is really really small right? yeah. yeah i mean even oh, yeah. even at one percent there's still 99 out of that hundred that just don't have that issue but but we get into a population dynamic and we start talking about populations and what populations look like. Those are, that's how we describe things to kind of get an idea of, of what a, kind of an impact it's having, you know, on people's lives. And a lot of times that's different than what it is for an individual, right? The individual's uh, risk in that context is dependent on all of the things that are unique to that individual, right? And so that's sure. why decision-making processes that we make on our own. Uh, make all the sense in the world, but um. it's it's kind of funny because uh, if you say enter publisher's clearinghouse or you drive to Nevada or Idaho and buy yourself a lottery ticket, the odds of winning the lottery are like one in ten million or whatever, yeah. Yeah. right? But you hope and you buy it because I I think it might I might be <laughs> the one in ten million. Uh, and yet, you know, and then you go, you apply the same odds to your health or whatever. And well, I hope not. And hope not. And hope are two very different things. And, right. and they are both uh, kind of unreasonable. Sometimes it seems like in different ways. It, it, statistically speaking, the chance really is zero, right? One in a million is like saying zero. zero. For you, it is zero, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there isn't that one person that was that one person. But you just often when you hear the story or you figure out what the story was with that one person, they're a very different person than you were, right? And so, yeah. and they probably knew there was a risk there or something. That's a good point. But um, um, anyway, that the the discussion about risk will go on, and 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 so I've been mulling over this idea um, that I think is really important as we consider illness and disease and pandemics and and how things fit into our life, but it's the, the, the tyranny of zero risk, hmm. right? You can pursue you can the idea that I'm going to make my world impossible to die in, but re- in reality, that just will never happen. So you can no. spend the rest of your life trying to make sure there is no risk whatsoever for you in anything that you do, uh, but, but then you wouldn't live, right? I mean, yeah. so... Oh, yeah, you have no life. Um, it... it, it what, <laughs> So, you know, Ben Franklin used to always say there's two certain things, right? Taxes and death. It, mm-hmm. it, it turns out living is fatal in the end. But, you know, we're, we're trying to we're trying yeah. to make it as, as, you know, as reasonably safe as we can. But in reality, that there is risk in everything. Right. Yeah. And um, and and I think people have different tolerances for different kinds of risks. But I think you need to make that on a, on a true comparison basis, not on. Not on, oh, any risk is unacceptable. One of the things I hate the worst in my profession is, well, if it would save one person to do this, then we should do it. But <laughs> what does that mean, right? I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a wide variation in what that means. And, and sometimes we pursue really dumb things in that, well, anybody is, you know, worth it. But, but that just, that doesn't make sense 
in, yeah. in a lot of contexts. You know, would you so. would you kill ten people to save one? Yeah. Well, no, that doesn't really. Work you shut society like down. You know. Yeah. When, you know. I mean, there, we we could probably get to a whole lot less risk than we have if we just sat in our houses and never did anything but that just yeah. isn't the way life works right well so. and and a, you talk about it zero risk well you know what even sitting in your house doing you know surrounded in bubble wrap doing nothing uh a plane could crash on your yeah. house uh your, your well, gas then, pipes could explode uh there could be a fl- i mean there's yeah. never zero risk and then and well even at that then your risk of heart disease goes up right because yeah, you're not right. exercising that's and right. now you're going to die from a heart attack so but if you exercise there's risk of using that machine yeah, or jogging you could or, yeah. you could get hit by a car. i mean you you can play this game forever with yourself if, yeah. if you want and i so i love that thought to put in people's mind of the tyranny of zero risk, because there is, you, you can pursue that from now until forever. And, and, and most of us, I think, do a reasonable job of figuring out, well, yeah, that's a high enough risk I need to worry about. But, you know, sometimes that we, we get into a, a, a place where we, we don't put risk in a proper context and mm. we allow it to kind of take over where it doesn't need to. I have a son who is a little bit of an extreme uh, sports fan. Uh, likes to ride dirt bikes, uh, jump out of airplanes, things like that. And, you know, I, I hope, and I think he does, put the risks in his brain. I, if you jump out, out off the top of a mountain in a squirrel suit, your risks are a lot higher of dying younger than if, you know, if you uh, enjoy playing pickleball or, <laughs> yeah. or, or something like that. And and so, but, but I mean, the, the fact of the matter is we live life, and I think... Oh, there we go. That's a reminder for me to play the weather. Oh, uh, we okay. <laughs> we live we live life, and um, in life you have to get in a car and drive right. to to work or school or or play or whatever. Um, you know, I the, the risk is always there of, of something happening to you, and like you said, life is fatal. Yeah, Eventually, absolutely. we're all going to die of something. Yeah, <laughs> I, thank you. He's Dr. David Blodgett, Southwest Utah Public Health Department, Johns Hopkins trained uh, uh, doctor and a good friend of mine. And it's always fun having him on the show. And I've got to get him quiet for a second so I can play some weather. Let's do that. We're interactive at the Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on the Andy Griffin Show. Thanks again for tuning in. 935 on KDXU. Dr. David Blodgett, the director of the Southwest Utah Public Health Department, is with me in studio today. And I'm happy to report, by the way, it's actually in my studio. He's been in studio for the last year, but it's been in that studio over there. Yeah, so. this is a whole new game for us. Good I like to have it. you there. We've to got Allie in the same room. Allie's screening some calls for us. Hi, Allie. She's taking a picture of us. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna we're gonna ignore you now and talk on the radio if that's okay. Uh, do want to take a couple of calls on this the Delta variant and some stuff, but before we do that, I really want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about the heat and some of the uh, some of the things that we need to worry about. It is so darn hot, and, and I'm going to start with the personal experience. I played pickleball on Saturday morning. I've been out for a long time. I've been able to do anything, so I'm in woefully out of shape. I will admit that right now, but. Uh, at, we went at 7 a.m. over to Sullivan Park and played pickleball. And by 8-ish, the sun was out strong, and it was so hot. And by 9 o'clock, I was 
borderline heat exhaustion. Uh, I mean, I, I was spent. In fact, if they'd have suggested another game, I'd have said, you guys go ahead. I can't move. I'm I'm done. Uh, it was only we got in the car. It was only like 83 or something in the car. But that that I swear, doctor, there's something about the Dixie sun and the heat. Uh, even early in the day, I, I, we were and, and actually in talking with the other three players I played with, they were all just spent because that sun saps it out of you. How close was I to being in danger situation? I had I had liquid. I wasn't it wasn't 100 yet. It was 80 something. But I was I was exhausted physically. Yeah. Well, you probably weren't in too much danger, but okay, obviously you, you heeded the signal and got yeah. out of the sun when you needed to. And so, um, yeah, we worry about that this time of year. It seems like every year we have the conversation about kids locked in cars to, mm, to just you shouldn't not, have to have just that not to do that because yeah. every year somebody ends up losing a child uh, with a child but, locked in a but, car. But I say, hey, but doctor, I had the air conditioning. It was locked and the air conditioning was on. That's fine, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's not okay. But, I mean, that, that's certainly better than the ones we hear about where they just they, they don't have I was anything only gonna in be there. Gone five yeah, minutes. it was only going to be gone yeah. five minutes. And they, you know, man, that heats up so rapidly. It's already 110, and then you... You magnify that sun and trap mm. it in that car, and pretty soon it's 130 or 140 in there. And, uh, and a three-year-old or somebody, two-year-old. Somebody ends up dying. Yeah. And it's tragic. It's a tragic loss that just doesn't need to happen. I, I don't know how you – I mean, I, I, my heart goes out to somebody that has something like that happen. So, so that's the first warning I always have is nobody stays in cars. <laughs> Including pets. <laughs> Including Including pets. pets. Yeah, yeah. it's – I mean, it's actually against the law to leave your pet in a car. I don't know if people know that, but uh, but you just—it's just not fair <laughs> to do to, to anybody. So. Leave Fido home. Uh, you know, if you're going to the store, leave Fido home. Don't take him in the store. Yeah. Don't leave him in the car. Don't take him in the home. store because that causes problems for other people. People mm-hmm. seem to forget that, but there's a lot of people very allergic to. My animals wife has and, severe uh, asthma to pet dander. Makes her sick. I mean, she. We had a really serious emergency situation this last year because she was around some pets and didn't realize how bad it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so you highlighted some some aspects of this that are good common sense. You know, earlier and later is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the heat of the day is the worst time to do that, but that's when you tend to see people out sun tanning and things like that. Right. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. So so you know that's another issue, <laughs> but. Um, uh, uh, the, so there, there are some warning signs that you're, you've gone too far. One is, you know, once you're thirsty, you're probably about 10% fluid down, 5 to 10%. So keeping hydrated, really, really important. So you mentioned that as well. Um, it's, it's almost impossible to go too far uh, hydrating. Uh, but people, you know, so you hear these stories of people that drink six gallons a day for three months and they end up dying from it you know so there there is a possibility to poison yourself with virtually anything but but in this arena water is uh, your friend and it doesn't have to be sports drinks or anything like that in fact when they do the studies they find really just water most people are nutritionally balanced enough that they don't need you know anything along with that so, so along along with the, the liquid uh i i've i've heard and i don't know if this is true or not that you shouldn't drink a whole lot really fast right after you've been dehydrated like that is that true or, or you know like like a short amount of time really quickly um i'm i, I think you're you're fine you're it would okay. be hard to drink enough that you would cause trouble if you 
if you're feeling nauseous or something, you know, stop. <laughs> don't don't yeah. force yourself. Right. But uh, but if you're gonna, you know, drink a one of those water bottles or something, you know, sure. I, I don't see any reason to not just go for the whole thing. Okay, so, so tip number one: early and and or no, early or late is the best time to if you have to get outside and exercise. Less direct sun, less heat. You mm-hmm. know, heat the every. Every five degrees adds a, a factor onto it for mm. for what you do, um, and then make sure you hydrate, just like you were told by your coaches and uh, mm-hmm. everybody in your life up till now. No need for pickle juice necessarily, <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah. So so watch for the symptoms of if you're if you're sweating, um, then that's normal, right? Mm-hmm. If you're flushed and hot. That's not right. Or if you get into the clammy stage, which mm. is beyond that. So, so once your once your body says I, I, I'm I'm fluid down enough now that I'm not going to send water to try and, really? and evaporate. So that's then your body. You know you're in a protective mode. That is a definite signal that you could be starting to be in trouble. Mm. If you notice that your thinking has changed then that's a definite sign that you need to get out of, of the thing. Or if you see that in somebody else, because often people don't recognize it in themselves. So right? Delirious, maybe logic is Well, not... just, yeah, can't talk clearly, start to stutter, start to, you know, the, they can't keep the score straight, you know, yeah. and you're playing your pickleball kind of thing. You know, that's, uh, that's a definite sign that you should be out of there. So, so if you notice a change in the normal way you respond to heat, that's a sign that you've, probably pushed it further than you should flushing really feeling um you know heat from not outside but inside kind of thing dry skin versus uh, dry or clammy skin those are different stages along the phases from kind of this normal heat response to a kind of a heat um induced state maybe heat stroke or Mm. or heat exhaustion you know which which can go on beyond that so just in general if you're if you're feeling like you're spent, that's the signal to stop. And if you get into the, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm recognizing that I, I can't think. A lot of people will rapidly go into that. You know, I'm, I'm having a hard time processing here, and I can't remember yeah. the score of the game and things like that. Just get out of the sun, sit down, drink a lot of water, see what's going to happen. You know, it's so funny, and it, obviously I've been a sports guy for 30 years doing ball games. and we one of the things we revere as fans and as broadcasters is someone that pushes their body to the limit, over the limit sometimes. I remember years ago, I was a big Steve Young fan. When he, you know, he was with the 49ers. He won the Super Bowl, and they said after the game, he ended up having a series of IVs to replace fluids in him because he had gone... Uh, over and beyond what he really should have done for his body. And instead of everybody going, oh, this is terrible, he almost yeah. died. It's a bad example. Everybody's like, oh, what a stud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Look at what he did. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, you can push yourself, but you can do it with water in you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to. It's not an either or kind of thing. Um, so I, I, you know, and there, sir, sometimes people will not drink water, say they're out on a hike. You know, mm-hmm. and they'll say, "Oh, I don't want to drink, so, so I don't have to go to the bathroom." Right? That's right. <laughs> like, you hear that? Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. No. Right. No. So, and if you're sweating, you're not going to have to go to the bathroom anyway. It's all going to come out through your right, pores. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but that, you know, wear cover up, wear hats, all of that kind of stuff. You know, suntan yeah. lotion. There is a balance there. You want to get vitamin D, right? And so if you if you slather up 
too much, you know, then there's no uh, opportunity for vitamin D there. But um, uh, you generally, the vitamin D you're going to get out of an episode is within the first 10, 15 minutes of your activity, 20 minutes, and then you're then 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 you're just in burning mode, right? So maybe, right. And maybe if you're going to be out for a while, put it on and you'll get plenty of vitamin D anyway. Okay, I got some texts on the topic. Uh, uh, good morning. When muscles start cramping, what's the best way to rehydrate? took several hours for me before my muscles finally relaxed. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so muscle cramping um, is a function of two things. One, you're, you're exercising, right? And so it's having a hard time getting that lactic acid out. And um, often it's a magnesium um, deficiency. So something like 30% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. Um, so... Um, I, it's still the same advice unless you feel like you're magnesium down. Um, I, I kind of routinely just take magnesium now. It's really hard to get in your diet. I and do too. Um, yeah. and uh, you, you'll notice there's not a ton of that, say, in like Gatorade or things like that, which also has the sugar. I, I'm, I'm not a, as big a fan of sports drinks as I used to be. I, I think there's enough difficulties there that they're not worth that. But um, so water, water, water. And uh, paying attention to just eating a balanced diet and uh, keeping up on just basic nutrition. Nope, but nope. anybody that's got cramping going on, I always uh, refer them to magnesium. Magnesium so. helps. Okay. Awesome. Is that so before I exercise, magnesium? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would. Just maybe um, make it a regular part of your daily. So you, you can take it as a pill internally or the, um, there's lotions and creams that will allow you to absorb it directly in the mm. places where you've had cramps so um on your advice i bought some magnesium oil and anytime i have sore sore muscles it really does help and it's its effect is pretty instantaneous yeah too. it's a it's a miracle thing yeah. you know and there's there's good data out that it imp- impacts diabetes um just a whole range of things and it's 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 it's, it's critical to the metabolic pathway for muscle for your heart uh, there's just a, a number of areas where uh, magnesium is something people should pay attention to so. i gotta get another commercial break in we'll uh, c- come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the covid19 and the vaccine i had a couple of texts people had some questions i know seth is hanging on wants to get on the air too we'll get get to him as soon as we can uh real quick though uh, thank you so much to joe shoney joe shoney is a local loan consultant his specialty is customer service now uh if you've uh, who hasn't had a loan right uh, a lot of times the loan companies are like all right uh we'll process your pay you tell, turn in a thousand papers to them and then you get a call three weeks later hey you got to come sign right now that's not the way joe shoney works joe shoney says all right let's sit down together let's talk about your loan let's talk about what you want let's talk about interest rates let's talk about what you need and let's talk about timeline and then he'll just keep you keep uh, keep you apprised of everything that's happening all along the way he's a different kind of loan consultant his name is joe shoney his phone number is 435-590-6300 this is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Andy Griffin with you live from the Camping World of St. George Studios here, high above Bluff Street, North Bluff Street. Dr. Blodgett is uh, up from, uh, down, I should say, from Cedar City today. And now, your office is here, though, is that right? Yeah. So you come down here a lot. Is yeah, so we're five counties organization, and um, 
St. George, Washington County is the biggest chunk of that. So I spend the most of my time down there. Well, thank you for coming in and hanging out with us today. I think it's really a great service that you come in and talk uh, and, and kind of, to me, a voice of reason in, in a sometimes crazy world where you hear all these other voices saying all these other things. So, And everybody's 100% correct, right? And you can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I had a, a really uh, an interesting text, and I think it's one we need to address. Uh, back to our original topic, talk, talking about vaccinations. Uh, and this caller says, I've had, or this uh, texter says, I've had anaphylactic reactions to some antibiotics where I had to go to the emergency room and had an IV. I was seriously ill with this for over two weeks. Huge hives would appear, then move to different parts of my body during this period of time. I had to have injections and take multiple doses of antihistamines to get it to stop. I am 66, and I'm afraid the vaccine of the vaccines, because this is listed as a possible side effect on the CDC website, what would you advise? Yeah, so so th- that gets to part of what we've said all along, which is the vaccine isn't right for everybody for very specific reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so one of the things that uh, the CDC has consistently recommended that people say, well, talk to your doctor about that, is this idea that you've had an anaphylactic response to other things, which is, is there the chance that you could do that? Now, the rate of true anaphylactic response to this um, vaccine has been almost undetectable it's been very very rare and there were there were a few that got some press um but it turned out uh, so here in our clinics we had nobody right that had a true anaphylactic response we had you always have people that tense up and they do it mm-hmm. it's called a vasovagal response you know and that, <laughs> that but that's more the tensing up problem and <laughs> i didn't know it had a name but that would be my daughter she tenses up when any pain is involved <laughs> So we, we actually just passed 100,000 doses that we delivered out of our health department, which is kind of a milestone for awesome. us. Awesome. Uh, so in all of that, you know, and so they, they do estimate that it's kind of in that less than one in a million range. So even though it carries that warning, um, our, our response has always been, well, you know, it's something definitely to consider where this anaphylactic response was to something that is known to cause anaphylactic response to that very specific, you know, thing, antibiotics, um, that specific antibiotic, that's definitely a concern uh, for taking that antibiotic again. But in general, um, our recommendation would be, it's, it's worth a call to your doctor, but uh, I think most people would say um, watch it closely, you know, stay there in the shop for a half hour after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you've had an anaphylactic response to something else, but uh, uh, most doctors, I think, would say it's it's probably fine to get. So, pretty, pretty low chance, even for someone that has a little bit of a history. Yeah. In, in this case. Yeah, okay. uh, but you know, you never want to be cavalier about that, and you want to, you sure. know, just take steps to be safe. So, I, I would talk to your doctor. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we'll take a minute. Seth wants to talk about immunity a little bit. Seth, what's up? Yes. Uh- What's up right now is 97.7 degrees uh, on my deck. That's that's what's up, and I think maybe it's coming from the south. I don't know. (laughs) It could be. Even in central, it's 98, huh? (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I think my. Uh, I'm going to have omelets when I go down and check on the ducks. They'll <laughs> they'll have their own little omelets and uh, with a sign on it, "Eat me" <laughs> or, or something. something. Uh, I'd like to see if Doctor Blodgett would do some groundbreaking first in the nation. And I'll help him. I'll get the cards ready. And I want the card to say, um, God's immunity. And that I had the, the COVID. I recovered in eight hours. Uh, I, want an, I want a card that has flashing lights on it with an additional golden star that I can put <laughs> on my forehead that said, I have God's immunity <laughs> instead of a jab immunity. And I'd like to have Dr. Blodgett sign my card for me. <laughs> you bring up a, a great point, yeah, Seth. Thanks, and one Seth. I was going to actually ask Dr. Blodgett about, and that is, uh, what if I've had COVID? Is the shot necessary? Is it recommended? You know, I, I think this is, it is an interesting question because, yeah, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what the immunization is trying to recreate is the idea that you're getting, you know, immunity um, Right. Without having to go through the disease, so uh, it looks. You know, when you when you look at the numbers, it probably is about a third of the population that got COVID mm-hmm. uh, the first season through, and uh, so there's a lot of people in the same boat as uh, Seth. And so, right now, the recommendation is well, um, some people had a good full response to it, some didn't. And so the idea is um, it, it doesn't hurt to get vaccinated as well. Um, I think, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, that, so I, all I can go off is the official recommendation, which is, you know, still get vaccinated. Um, but I, I, for those, I, I, I just don't I, don't, I don't have a sense for, you know, how, if there is a difference in immunity, I, I don't think there is. The studies don't seem to indicate that there is, and we are seeing a lot of reinfections where people end up in the hospital kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, it's such a low-risk intervention to get vaccinated. Um, hmm. it's, I, I would leave it on the table and still get vaccinated. So, um, so Seth, you had it, and, and you've decided not to get vaccinated because you had it? Is that accurate? Oh, he hung up on us. All right, never mind. Uh, are there any numbers out there uh, on well, people who have had it? And- there, the NIH just put out a very good study showing that among people that have had the disease and have the natural immunity, it's about a it's about a ninety percent protective rate, right? Hmm. Which is not okay. too dissimilar to the to the, vi- to, the to the vaccine itself, and so um, the. The, the only potential advantage, or the, the big potential advantage, I shouldn't say only, of, of the vaccine is then you have a, a standard repertoire of what the, the vaccine looks like. So sometimes when you do a natural immunity, you, you, know, you get this, this smattering of response. Um, but I, I don't know. You can tell I'm, I'm not as convinced that you, you have to get vaccinated if you've had the disease, um, that there sure. isn't some, some true natural immunity there. I think the suspicion is, and I, I think, and that's, that's why I got vaccinated, to be honest with you, is that it will fare better with the variants because, um, you that's know, true. It, it, it has yeah. that kind of cross-sectional uh, approach with the vaccine. So so I I was convinced enough that I vaccinated myself, right, if, that, if you want right. any guidance from that. But I, 
I would leave it on the table, and I think it's worth getting vaccinated because it's such a low, uh, low impact uh, thing. So. I, I I think, you know, I mean, we talk about this. Uh, we had a heart heart doctor and Blake, Dr. Blake Gardner. I don't know if you know him or not. Uh, innovative heart guy over at at the, at the hospital, and uh, and we talked about how there was a country, and I forget the country now, maybe Kenya or somebody. There, there, they had just past other things their leading cause of death was actually heart disease yeah and he said they were proud of that he said not because heart disease is good but because they managed to eradicate a lot of the other stuff that was killing them finally through vaccines and and things like that and and so you know uh, the the point you made early on during this question was uh okay okay, the question is should i get vaccinated if i've already had it well why wouldn't you? What are you worried about that one in a million or greater chance of you know of some kind of reaction? I I guess yeah. you can factor that in. But to me, if I'm if I had it and I have a ninety percent chance of not getting it again, there's still a ten percent chance of getting it. Whereas if I get the vaccine, I don't know what the number then you know extrapolates out from there. But that greatly increases the fact that yeah. I may never have to go to the hospital or, or die from this. Thing. Yeah, and, and maybe one way to think of it is it it gives you one more exposure to the disease which has fully trained your immune system so i i mean one thing we're finding with the the variants particularly is you know the immunity is good to would have your body trained not to do that over response and so i i'm i'm on i'm on board with the idea that um you know any anybody could so there is this other problem, and that is people think they had the disease and they didn't. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and the testing isn't perfect either. And so, I, I think I think it's it just reasonable to say, just come and get vaccinated. Everybody should get vaccinated, and we'll move on from there. You're not going to die from it. Um, all right, uh, a minute left, Doc. I was going to ask you real quick about uh, you know the, the thought out there that that people, um, you know, have kind of gotten to the point. I'm going to use up a whole minute asking the question, so maybe I should bail out of it right now halfway halfway through it. But, uh, folks, if you trust your doctor, and most of us do, and I trust my doctor. He's sitting right here. He's not, he's not my personal physician, but I, I do trust my doctor and, and get vaccinated. It's yeah. not a government plot. It's not a political thing. It's a, hey, you know, COVID may be not as bad as some of the other great diseases we've had throughout time, but it's bad enough that a vaccine is a good idea. Absolutely. Come walk into our clinics. We're available during all of our open hours and uh, just come on in. Don't no no barriers to coming. Awesome. He's Dave Blodgett, the director of the Southwest Utah Public Health Department. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to have you on today. It's a 9.59 on KDXU. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Mayor Randall is going to join me. We'll get the fallout and see what she thought of Andy Thompson hosting this show. Join me then.